so I think before we start for the sake of the uh, 78 million listeners out there, let me, let me just sort of give a context of um, somewhat of the journey to sort of get you today, because I think it's going to place uh, our discussion in, in context. As someone who works with a company that represents extremely famous, prominent uh, entertainment celebrities, athletes, as someone who's spoken many, many times on college campuses, it's clear that some of the communication, the uh, conversations that I've had with many, many people is, <clears throat> is a deep unhappiness. And uh, an unhappiness that I think is sourced on the fact that most people are sort of passive repositories of the media out there. And I think pop culture has imparted a, a number of messages that is frankly causing harm and unhappiness to a lot of people. So the journey that I'd like to go on together, to, together with you folks, is firstly dispelling a lot of the erroneous fallacies, if you will, that popular culture has imparted. And once we dispel that, hopefully fill it with some life wisdom or tools for life so that we can hopefully navigate through the vicissitudes of life and reach the end destination with happiness and success. So I want to start off with one cliched notion and hopefully help people understand that there's nothing further from the truth. And that notion uh, is the concept of a happy life is a pain-free life. So let that sink in for a second. A happy life is a pain-free life. So if we look at the stereotypical Hollywood story, a boy meets girl, uh, fall in love, happiness on, on their horse off into the, the, uh, off into the horizon, and the notion of an oasis of happiness, there's nothing that's harmed more people than this stereotypical myth. Because truth be said, there's nobody. There's nobody in the many years that I've been privileged to meet and speak uh, to people, primarily of the millennium generation, that hasn't felt pain, that hasn't had a curved ball or two thrown in their life. And if on some subliminal level, they entertain the notion that pain is bad, there's something that's very deleterious that happens and they start feeling that A, uh, somebody is out to get them or B, that they'll never attain this elusive happiness because they are going through pain. So let's understand together that the premise of our discussion today is that not only is the notion of a happy life uh, a pain-free experience completely hogwash, but I would say, per contra, that pain is in fact the price that one needs to pay for greatness. That there's no one that any one of you guys out there really would look up to as a role model, as a mentor, that hasn't been through pain and that hasn't overcome adversity. So if we, if we take a step back and think about how many people have drunk the Kool-Aid and harbor this notion that a happy life is a pain-free life. And let's see what the fallout of that is. 
and then we'll talk about how, how to address this. So the fallout we just discussed is whenever anyone feels pain, instead of thinking this is a wonderful opportunity to take this stumbling block and make it into a stepping stone, people would rather neutralize or dull that pain. And hence, substance abuse and uh, various forms of escape through entertainment, etc., in order to try and divert that pain. And obviously that can compound and snowball into even worse things. So if I were to ask you guys, what is the opposite of pain? And I've asked this thousands of times on many uh, college campuses and to a lot of different people. Again, what is the opposite of pain? Almost nine times out of 10, the answer is pleasure. The opposite of pain is pleasure. That gives us an idea of how decadent the society is that we live in and how we've drunk an erroneous uh, pop culture myth. The truth be said, the opposite of pain is no pain. The notion that if you don't have pain, you have pleasure is part of the problem that unfortunately most people believe. So let's look, let's look just to underscore the point that we are trying to share today. Let's underscore a few things that we see in nature so that it illustrates, I think, the proposition that I want to share with you guys and so that we can leave our uh, journey today with not only dispelling the fact that a happy life doesn't mean a pain-free life, but let's talk specifically about uh, what does bring a happy life. So let's take the, the example of how a pearl, how a beautiful, precious, shiny pearl is made. So I don't know if any of you guys are aware of how a, a pearl comes into being, but there is a, a, an animal in the water called an oyster. And what happens when an oyster, which has a hard outer shell, gets a piece of grit stuck between its soft flesh and the hard outer shell, it's painful. It starts feeling this tremendous pain. Now, it has a number of options. Either it can smoke a joint and carry on with its, with its life and, and swim around. It can take a, a bottle of scotch and completely neutralize, or it can do what it does do. What it does is the pain that it's feeling from this rubbing piece of grit stuck between its fleshy body and its hard outer shell. So this little animal descends to the bottom of the ocean so it's not exposed to prey jettisons the shell, and a natural liquid is emitted which surrounds this piece of grit. That liquid, if you will, metastasizes, gets hardened, and forms a beautiful pearl. I think the life lesson we can extrapolate from that, which is clearly germane to our discussion, is the pain that that little, that that little oyster felt could have been used to say, why me? Let me neutralize this, or let me take this pain as a stepping stone and build something great. In the case uh, of this illustration, build a, a beautiful, beautiful pearl. Another case in point that we see like in the, in the uh, animal kingdom, and I think this is just underscoring in very uh, illustrative terms, the point that I wanna make is, there is a uh, certain kind of butterfly, certain kind of a, sort of a mi mixture between a butterfly and a moth, uh, it's called a sellable moth. 
the way this little moth comes into being is it breaks through a cocoon and in this sort of journey of breaking through the cocoon, it struggles. It struggles. It's, uh, if one was to see this, it looks like it's, it's literally suffocating. And if anyone who loves insects or uh, uh, moths saw this little thing trying to break out of its cocoon, out of pure benevolence, one would take a little scissors and cut through that little uh, cocoon so that this poor thing can get out. But if you did that, you would absolutely kill this moth. Why? Because this kind of moth needs, in order to, through the struggle, poisons which are inside the moth, which it needs to fight off prey, gets emitted through the, the uh, wings of the moth, strengthens the wings, and enables this moth to live. Again, the concept of going through pain, which to cultivate certain tools and certain things that we need in life. So let's take it from the beginning again. We start off by saying that there's a, that there's a lot of things in pop culture that apparently people are embracing, which clearly are not bringing happiness. How do we know that? We know that because most people are not happy. How, do we, how, how, how can we speak to that empirically? We can speak to that empirically because 327 million, pardon me, 327 billion dollars a year are spent on pharmaceutical drugs which directly relate to anxiety and stress, that we are at a point in the year 2018 where there are more suicides than homicides, and we're at a point in time where a book on the New York Times bestseller list called The Final Exit was on the hardcover book for over two and a half, nearly three months. The content of The Final Exit is how to commit suicide. I think it's safe to say that most people are not happy. We then went on to say the notion that a happy life is a pain-free life is doing a tremendous disservice to the millions and millions of people going through their formative years. We went on to say that because when they then feel pain, they feel that they missed it, they're a loser, they've done something wrong. And instead, we hypothecated a premise that instead of thinking of pain as something quote-unquote bad, we should start thinking of pain as the currency for excellence. That as the cliche goes, which is a truism, if there is no pain, there is no gain. So the, the mass media, which includes uh, Hollywood, which includes uh, social media, where people are posting uh, beautiful pictures of them in Hawaii in exotic places, and somehow that connotes happiness, are doing an unbelievable disservice to millions and millions of people. Because the truth be said is the journey called life has bumps and has, and it's the difference between a happy person and a person who's going to be bitter and jaded for the rest of their life is really not whether there's going to be vicissitudes, not whether there's going to be pain, but how we handle that pain and what our perspective and attitude is as we sojourn this journey called life. I think it's not by chance that one of the best-selling self-help books of all time was Scott Peck's book, The, the Road Less Traveled. Scott Peck had the courage to begin his book with a shocking statement, which went something like this, life is tough. That clearly fell in the face dispelled the party line that it's all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and we had, we had to have a good time. 
we had to fulfill a certain personal life goal, which we can talk, we're going to, we're going to speak about in, in other parts of our podcast series. But if we start with the premise that it's tough, that there's going to be bumps in the road, that there's going to be vicissitudes, that there's absolutely no way that your life is going to be the way you think it's going to be, you're already way ahead of the pack. Because you won't have the shock of, oh my gosh, this wasn't supposed to happen. And you also won't have the feeling of, as soon as the, uh, the relationship doesn't happen, and as soon as I don't get into that college, and as soon as the lawsuit gets, uh, gets handed to you, there's not a feeling of the blood flows out of my, my head. This wasn't supposed to happen. This is, it's okay. This is part of my journey. Nothing's going to happen in this journey that I can't handle. Let's see is whether this is going to be a stumbling block or a stepping stone. And I think it does come down to the, uh, the question that I posed uh, as we began a discussion together, and that is, what, what is the opposite of pain? So as soon as one thinks of the opposite of pain being pleasure, we hamstrung. Because, uh, again, the, um, it's, there's nothing further from the truth. The opposite of pain is simply no pain. And in order to have pleasure, one has to pay a price. That price is going to be pain, and that price is going to be... Um, uh, is going to be some tough times in our lives. So one of the things, and I, and I say this with just sincere compassion as someone who interacts with, frankly, thousands and thousands of uh, college kids in workshops, retreats, and seminars and stuff, <clears throat> that people are beginning this journey of life without, without the tools. And uh, it's the functional equivalent of, of going elephant hunting with a water pistol. You absolutely have no chance, and it's obviously no surprise why there are uh, so many people that are desperately confused and unhappy out there. And the journey that I want to take uh, all of you listeners on and the conversation that I want to have really speaks to this, this whole notion, is over a period of months and uh, however long this takes us, we're going to highlight a number of these myths, we're going to highlight uh, a number of cliched pop culture vignettes. We're going to drill down and hopefully help uh, sort of take it apart and help people realize that there's, that they actually are not, they're not accurate. They're not bringing wisdom, success, and happiness. And instead of leaving people with just dispelling something with an empty void, we're going to fill it. We're going to fill it, I believe, with the tools for life, with some life wisdom. And hopefully the journey that we're going to go on together is going to be the GPS for life. There's no one who I think can honestly say uh, that they don't know what the final destination is. I think we, we all know that this, this sojourn is somewhat finite and we're all mortal. The question is, how do you have the, the right tools to recalculate? What happens when the feces hits the fan and you are left with a, a situation that, quote-unquote, you didn't expect or plan? So our journey together is going to hopefully arm you and give you the tools and the intestinal fortitude to handle the, the inevitable uh, bumps in the road. And I think as, uh, as we grow and develop our discussion together, I'm cautiously optimistic that you will be way ahead of many of your contemporaries and peers that continue to, in a non-critical way, embrace many of the, the uh, so-called tools and ideas for life that are, are causing people to land up ascending up a ladder and realizing that it's leaning against the wrong wall. 
So I, I think that just to sort of tie uh, our introductory discussion together, um, let's think of a few people that we might consider successful, uh, be it financial, be it influencers, be it people that uh, have a, a balanced life. Um, I think one of, at least from my personal perspective, uh, I think the most successful, most powerful commencement speech uh, that was ever given, as far as I'm considered, at any college campus. It happened to be given uh, in 2008 at, at my alma mater. It was given at Harvard University. And the guest speaker ascended up to the podium and, just to paraphrase, I said something like the following. I had failed in the most miserable way. I was a product of a failed marriage. I was as poor as a church mouse. And I had nothing except a daughter that I loved, a typewriter, and a dream. That was the beginning of the talk of J.K. Rowling's speech at Harvard University. And she spoke about going from the depths of failure into the success of arguably being the most prolific and most famous author in the world today. How did she have the, the strength and the courage to go from rock bottom to success? And we're going to compare that <clears throat> to, for example, the story of the founder of arguably the most uh, famous lingerie company in the world, Richard Welkin, who founded Victoria's Secret. He sold Victoria's Secrets in uh, about seven years later to the Limited, and about four years after cashing out with $4.5 million, he drove his Toyota Camry to the Golden Gate Bridge, and he jumped off and committed suicide. What's the difference between somebody who went from the depths of hell and became arguably the most famous author in the world, as opposed to somebody who cashed out, apparently hit a number of brick walls, never had success again, lost their money, and instead of, uh, instead of framing this as an opportunity to, as a springboard for big and better things, obviously decided that uh, it was not worth living. I think that's going to go to the discussion we're going to have about how do we see pain in our lives, how do we see things in our lives that are um, proverbial rocks in, in the journey? And the, the, I guess the tying point together, just to bring uh, this first discussion uh, full circle, is that I think there's many people that sort of delay their lives because there's always something going on. There's a storm in their life. When I speak to people and say, why don't you take... Uh, take a few weeks off and do this course on uh, a self-help course. People are going through a tough time in their marriage. Why don't you take, uh, take a weekend off and go to this marriage retreat? So the common answer, which dovetails with our discussion and with this, uh, I think we can tie this in, in a ribbon, is, Anthony, you don't understand. There's a huge storm going on in my life right now. I, I've got to get my business off the ground. I've got to get my kid into college. I've got to work out how I can salvage a, a certain situation in the business. I, you don't understand. Anthony, I, I, I know you mean well, but there's a storm. I, let me wait for the storm to subside, and then I'll focus on 
you know, your life wisdom, let me, then I'll focus on salvaging my marriage, then I'll, then I'll focus on my certain tools in order to handle life. So I'm here to tell you that life is not about waiting for the storm to subside. Life is about dancing in the rain. Every single one of us has a storm. Every single one of us has some thorn in our side, some pain somewhere. The difference between the people that are going to have success, that are going to have achieve their dreams, are not the people that are going to have every single day blue skies and sunshine. It's the people that notwithstanding the fact that there's a storm, learn to dance in the rain. And part of our journey together in not only dispelling erroneous preconceived notions that pop culture has imparted, is more importantly, and I, to the best of my knowledge, haven't seen any podcast, any speaker out there that speaks to what are the tools, not just describing the phenomenon, not just the idea of wake up and take the day, you're great. It's all very well giving yourself a, a big pep talk, but at the end of the day, your adrenaline is going to subside and you're going to need the tools for the long term. That's what our journey together is about. It's to give you the umbrella so that you can dance in the rain. And my hope and prayer for all of us is that as we go through this journey together, we will not only dance in the rain together, but we will achieve and see the rainbow at the end of the storm. This is Anthony Gordon. Thank you for listening.